Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fan with the Fan Bite Podcast. It is November 5th, 2019, although you're probably hearing this on November 6th or whatever you decide <laughs> to listen to it, so it's a completely moot point. I am Steven Strum, managing editor of FanBite.com, and today I am joined by Danielle Riendo. Oh, hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. That's good. And I'm. we are both joined by Dan... I was going to say Danielle Riendo again. That's not how this works. There's not it's two of you. It's also me! Yeah, Danielle. It's also me in Crown Heights. Uh, we are all Danielle. <laughs> we are all Danielle. We'll all be Danielle. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, Danielle. Uh, yeah. Remember, remember. Yeah. It's the 5th of November. Let's the all Riendo have a good November. The of November. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all have a good November. Um, As you can obviously guess, that is the voice of Merritt K., also at fanbyte.com. We are not joined by Nikki this week. I actually forget what uh, what's going on with him today. I think he's just taking the day off or something's going on. He's got, he's committing certain deeds. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, you make it sound so he's sinister. Using his particular skill set in a particular way. Oh boy. Uh, I don't know about this. Nikki, what, I don't, <clears throat> Nikki, we don't mean to slander you. I'm sorry. Whatever you're doing, I'm sure it's a, it's a noble cause. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, kind of a strange week. It feels like I don't know. It's you know where I think we're all like living in the shadow of online in a way this week. Like the uh, things have been happening in the world of online media. People are out there talking about it. They're getting their feelings out. We got our feelings out last week with the uh, with the first year anniversary of uh, Fanbyte itself. Uh, yeah. And that was kind of that was cool. That was that was very cool. It was very nice to be able to celebrate the entire thing, especially with uh, with the whole crew, like we did. Yeah, it is it is kind of weird, and we don't have to talk about this too much, but mm. it does kind of feel like we're weirdly insulated from some of this stuff. It sure does sometimes, doesn't you know? it? Yeah, and like mm-hmm. and our our corporate structure comes with a whole different set of issues, but. It is weird, like, to not, to kind of, like, because I'm in New York, too, and, like, most of this stuff is happening in New York, mm-hmm. and um, it's like, I'm not really a part of New York media, mm-hmm. partly because the money isn't in New York, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, it... I can't tell you how refreshing it is to not feel like part of New York media, <laughs> and that is all I can say. I mean, the there's slightest. a lot of benefits to it, Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I'll, all I'll say in addition to that is just like solidarity with everyone exactly. uh, in the GMG union. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody who walked away from Deadspin by the sound of it. Yeah, that was fucking incredible. Um, I hope they have all since found new jobs because if they haven't, that would be a crime. Right. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. I know at least a couple of them definitely ha- absolutely have, but uh, I'm not, I'm sure there are some out there still looking for work so if you're out there looking to hire some some fantastic writers uh for online media like look into that i would say but uh, yeah speaking of fantastic writers of online media fanbyte.com is pretty good too uh <laughs> we, had, <laughs> we had our yeah we had our first year not, not in your top 10 segues i wouldn't say no but you know but it would be like an 11 or a 12 for me we're, we're coming, you know, towards the end of the year. I've, I've kind of burned through a lot of my material, you know? Like, I see, I, do... I see. You prepare it all in advance like a right. fucking wizard in D&D. Exactly. I prepare my spells and, and foci uh, in January, and then I deploy them over the time. And I only have so many spell slots per month. God, can you imagine? Like, okay, I, I gotta think really carefully <laughs> about what spells I'm gonna need in July. Mm-hmm. Boy... 
in the in this world where the the uh, I believe it's Heather Alexandra tweet is never more relevant of like remember waking up this morning that was six years ago. Uh, yep. I cannot fucking imagine because straight up this all even just this deadspin stuff that stuff has been happening for less than a week right now as we're recording this this stuff started on Wednesday and it feels like well, it happened in January. <laughs> I mean, it, it it did that stuff started on on last week, but it's kind of been like ongoing for a mm. while, right? Like That's all fair. of the yeah. the bullshit with Geo Media and um and our friends. Mr. Spanfeller. Yeah. Um, Resident you know. Herb. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of been ongoing for a while. There was, you know, there were those stories that they were publishing that they were like, oh, you can't publish this. You can't report on yourself because it's not unbiased. So weird. What a, what a strange thing. And of course, so weird. Every, you know, they just ignored it. <laughs> and, you, know, you know, it's like, it's it's just not even like, I think early on some people were framing this like, oh, it's like the brave truth-telling journalists versus like the evil corporate uh interests and like it's not even that because these guys don't know how to run a media company right and it's like they swoop in buy everything make terrible decisions because they haven't been involved in the industry at all and like it's not even like a oh no, uh, sports stuff did better so like we have to stick to that no like, that's it's untrue not. That's it's the opposite of that. and like all it's, that data is out there publicly yeah it's not even like an ideological thing although it also is that obviously it's right. just like a material thing of like no you you're factually incorrect right. sir and it, that is the worst part of all of this. as someone who <laughs> i have to tread carefully here right as someone who has has uh witnessed some changes in uh, the media landscape uh, in a very first-hand way, I would say that the worst part of it is is not the like brutal efficiency of a of a you know of a of a person who knows what they're doing and makes the cuts that they have to make and all that kind of stuff. Which you know, as a as a lefty uh, bleeding heart socialist, I don't believe in anyway. But it doesn't even make sense on that level. It it is very much people who have no interest no care in the world for how to actually run a media company or do or create a good product in any sense of the word or to do it right or to do it well it's just it's it's a lot of sort of <laughs> there are a lot of parallels to things that have happened in hollywood at times uh, kind of to what's happening in media right now and it's really sad it's really fucked up and yeah the one thing that's good about it is that some shops have unionized and some right places have a, a little bit more protection now and that's kind of how i always uh that's how i slept at night for a little while uh was knowing kind of i was part of a union and uh trying to do whatever i could <laughs> right on that level yeah i mean uh, yeah boy there's there's so many different layers to this but i think i i definitely definitely like uh circling back to you know connections to your past or both of our past really uh rob zachney over at uh mm -hmm. vice games now uh i i think put it really well where he basically said that like jim spanfeller is like famous for doing a trick that works exactly once which is taking like a well-regarded brand like forbes that everybody respects and knows off the top of their heads but nobody actually cares about or reads and then turning it into a content mill <laughs> That, yep. tr that trick works once, and it does not work for Deadspin. <laughs> it does not work for a site where the entire where they were already massively successful, uh, both in terms of numbers and in terms of just like general output as a as a blog. They are one of basically, I would say, like strip away politics or sports, any of that stuff. Just as a blog, they are probably like S tier, right? They were like they were like one of the best in the world, and one hundred percent, yeah, and, and you know both mathematically and. 
uh, in just in terms of for like raw numbers, I mean, like in terms of raw viewers and, and readers, but also just in terms of like the content they were producing, it was very good. And I think it, like, in a lot of ways, influential on a lot of the stuff that we do here, just in terms of tone and voice and willingness to just say fuck it on a lot of things. Hundred percent, yes. But uh, anyway, not to not to com- make this a complete bummer at the beginning. That guy, mm, that the one the one funny thing I think from this morning that is actually wor- maybe worth capping this on is that i yeah. forget his name even but the guy who told deadspin to stick to sports has left deadspin the, yeah, the editorial director yes <laughs> yep oh god one of one of like four people i think at this point now who have just fucking like signed up and then left almost immediately in the wake of this just complete avalanche of bullshit but uh, of, of shitty people rather like scabs and whatnot not not the people yeah. who were actually writers there obviously get fucked paul maidman oh boy <laughs> So, with that out of the way, yeah, (laughs) fucking dipshit, dumbass, dipshit, motherfucker. I'm just gonna do all the cusses I know. Uh huh. Bastard. No, that's fine. I'm just gonna take a sip of water here while you. Jizzcock. Cheesecock. Jizzcock. Oh, I thought you said cheesecock. Kiss kidney. We can have them both. It's fine. I guess all cocks are jizzcocks, though. Yeah, you know. Yeah. All kidneys are piss kidneys. Um. <laughs> I mean, that actually, that's factually correct. <laughs> <laughs> Want to talk about video games? Video games? <laughs> Medical expert Danielle Riendo is here to tell us. Ways in. Uh, All kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we can talk about video games. We are ostensibly I mean, a video game podcast. We're, we're sort of like, this is the pre-Death Stranding episode. <laughs> so yes. This is before my life has been completely upended by Game of the Year, <laughs> Death Stranding. Um, which briefly was not the game of the year when I learned that there was a Rick and Morty ad um, for Death Stranding. But then, uh, Stephen, you informed me that uh, you have a canteen in that game that turns water into Monster Energy Drink, which Uh pushed it back over the top (laughs) to game of the year again. For listeners out there, I'm not even joking. That is a literally a thing in that game. Is you have to worry about thirst, and every time you drink water, you cannot drink water in Death Stranding. Anytime you try to drink water, it you have a can- magic canteen in that game that turns it chemically into monster energy drink. Do you have, like, a... Is, is Sam going to go into, like, a diabetic coma at some point? Because, like, that's if that's all you're drinking, that can't be good for your insides. Med- it's not. I was going to say, medical expert, Danielle medical Rando. expert, yeah. Fan <laughs> bite, medical good. consultant. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm glad to be here uh, consulting medically. Yes, that's bad. That's bad for your insides. And also, I, I know this has been a point of contention, whether teeth are inside or outside. Oh. Also mm. bad for those. Mm. Teeth no, are. No matter where they are. Kind no matter of a, where they are. a fingernail <laughs> for your face. <laughs> They're not bones, because bones aren't real. No, bones are fake. Right. Bone fake, yeah. I, uh-huh. We just got over the biggest day for bone fake, uh, for the bone <laughs> fake conspiracy. Uh, so let's not get back into that. But yeah, this is the pre-Death Stranding episode. And um, no, I've, realized, I've realized that my next two weeks are uh, Death Stranding comes out on Friday, and then Pokemon comes out the week after that. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of spoken for by two of the most like disparate... Well, actually, wait. Are they different or are they the same? Are they the same? Weigh in. Are Pokemon and Death Stranding the same game? You walk around a lot. You Uh have a little baby type creature in a container that you keep with you. Oh, my God. Um, You 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 upgrade from walking around to being on a bike. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, you do fight monsters, too. You're right. You fight monsters. Um, 
There's a man whose heart stops every 20 minutes in both of them. Yep. You do only drink Monster Energy drink in both <laughs> <laughs> uh, Right. You have to put your baby from the container against the other babies from the true. other containers. Yeah, they do battle. There your is like a, a creature battling baby mechanic battle. in Death uh, Stranding. <laughs> But neither, no one has played either of those yet. I mean, not, people have, but not any of us. We have a review up on the site. Suriel Vasquez uh, wrote it for us, but uh, we had we put that up freelancer on that one. So, uh, but we will get some thoughts on that next week. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh Mary yeah, we'll have yeah. some thoughts. I'll have some thoughts. Don't <laughs> worry. Uh, what have y'all been playing? <sighs> That's a big question, Merritt. That's actually yeah. A big your question. list here is like wow. You actually yeah. Your video list games, is huh? a lot. I'm really, really, especially I think um, coming off of Game of the Decade deliberations. Now that I know that we are like just hurtling towards Game of the Year deliberations, mm-hmm. I am really trying to burn through some stuff that I think is like going to be important to that discussion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to as well, but I just keep getting distracted. Right, you just keep watching Death Stranding trailers on a loop over and over again. The yeah, waiting for much. the time. And between that, I am, like, you know, uh, helping er- my good friend Eris more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Who you are now on uh, first name ba- uh, basis with, I believe, uh, after that uh, interview. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't actually do that interview. Oh, well, never mind. That was a freelance. That was uh, James O'Connor. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, uh, yes, it was. But, um, yeah, and just, I, I tweeted this today, but just for the record, Bungie, if you make Eris more like turn heel on us oh. i will just flip your entire game over mm-hmm. like no. i will uninstall the game S- then i i would sooner stop playing destiny than i would fight Eris <laughs> that is my solemn vow right it would be kind of a bummer too because like it feels like they're all they're laying out so much groundwork right now for like no weird evil dark shit is actually totally cool and fine and then to have the character who is like the like epitome of like the, the most obvious character to have turn heel in a World of Warcraft type fashion. Yeah. Would it would be, be so sticky. fucking Ugh. Blizzard. And they're you're mm-hmm. better than that, Bungie. You got out of Activision. You're better. And like, yeah, their whole thing right now is like the, the, the darkness is talking to you. Sorry, I didn't mean to get into Destiny, but I'll be brief. And then we can <laughs> no, never talk about it, it again. Uh, the darkness has been talking to you through this artifact that Eris found for the last few weeks. Right. And, um, Basically, now it's saying, like, the most recent one today was, it started off with, thank you for making room for another talking ball in your life. (laughs) Uh, And then it's basically like, okay, hey, um, there's this, like, gene marker in every cell that tells it when to die. Um, So that seems bad, right? If you were a cell, you would hate that. Um, if, If there was some rule in society that, like, somehow killed you, if you stepped out of line with society, you would hate that. Um, But here's the thing, if that didn't exist... Um, you would just have tumors everywhere. Like, it would just right. be cancer. Like, that's, uh, if that doesn't happen, then you just get a lot of cancer. Death is and a part it, of life. Right. So it's just saying, like, so let me ask you this. Is that gene marker uh, an agent of the light or the dark? And, like, it really feels like the darkness is just being like, hey, no, you, things got to die too, guys. Um, right. <laughs> and if it's just that simple, then that's fine. But I like the idea that it's just, like, being like, this is a dumb concept to begin with. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's me over and out All right. from the moon. Perfect. Well, you also moon said correspondent. Like, you well, <laughs> lunar uh, correspondent. Lunar correspondent Merrick K. Uh, I'm gonna actually gonna uh, promote you right now to our spooky correspondent and all things oh. spooky, moon moon related or not. Which I guess Luigi's Mansion Two was called Dark Moon, so I guess it, it all comes full circle. 
It does. Because you played Luigi's Mansion 3 as well. Yeah, I played a couple hours of that game, and I want to finish it before Friday. Um, <laughs> but it basically feels to me like the, like, er Nintendo game, mm. in that it's, like, very well put together and, like, very polished, and there's no extraneous bullshit. Like, yeah, there's, like, some stuff you can collect if you want to for no reason, but, like, there's no, like, mul- well, there is, like, party mode local multiplayer but there's no like online multiplayer there's no like uh ranking things there's no like in-app purchases there's no like additional content it's just like here's a game and it's very good we hope you like it (laughs) um and i do like it because it's really well made the combat feels really good it it feels like a ghostbusters game like it feels like the first part the first scene in ghostbusters where they're just fucking up that hotel (laughs) Because that's what you're doing. You're just sucking literally everything up or just like smashing it or shooting plungers on things and then ripping them off walls. Um, (laughs) And it's literally set in a hotel this time, right? It's literally set in a hotel, except I will say that the hotel is like it starts off just being like, oh, this is a normal hotel for people to live in. Um, And then the floor I'm on now is like, (laughs) Uh, the floor I'm on now is just a castle. It's like a haunted castle <laughs> inside the hotel. Good. Like, it's it's not even castle-themed. Like, you walk into a room, and there is a castle inside of that room that you go into. That's great. That's fantastic. So, yeah, they're just like, oh, we didn't want to just make all the floors be, like, normal hotel floors. That would be boring. So it's a castle, and there's, like, other weird stuff. And, like, uh, it does raise a lot of questions about, like, booze versus ghosts and where the ghosts came from and what mm. happens to them when you suck them up and a lot of the ghosts are very afraid of Luigi. Oh like, yeah. They run away from you. Huh. And uh, Luigi That's just really disturbing. It's upsetting. <laughs> and I think it's probably because he has like a rep now after the yeah, first I was gonna couple say, games. Yeah. Um, they heard the fucking I'll, name. Yeah. They heard the name. Um, my, my theory game theory is that Luigi is a secret serial killer, but his dad was like, you only have to kill ghosts. Um, and the <laughs> yeah. only Luigi is the, Dexter. Luigi's ghost Dexter, and uh, the <laughs> the only time that he's let the facade slip is in that one uh, Mario Kart gif. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I see you riding. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's my game theory. Like and subscribe. Uh, you know, uh, Merit. share with your friends. Share with your friends, Merit, I need to know. Do you think that the the ghosts in Luigi's Mansion, like, do they go to summer camp and do they sit by bonfires and do they talk about the scary, creepy-looking man who wears a green hat <laughs> Absolutely. and has a vacuum? Absolutely, these ghosts tell stories like that. Like, the, the, the ghost kind of design is sort of weird. Like, it doesn't really look like a Nintendo thing because they're, like, too human almost. But it <laughs> yeah. kind of reminds me of, like, Casper, in a way like, like the, the live old, action yeah. the fucking christina ricci casper <laughs> yeah. um, yes <laughs> which i really want to rewatch because i have like a fever dream memory of that movie yeah and it's probably not good but it's was not, christine baranski in that movie who which one christine baranski oh maybe the, I, i'm not familiar just with like name. just like by the Devin numbers Sella odds are she has to be in it right I'm trying to remember uh, the I oh no I don't think so I watched so no, I watched Casper oh the live action Casper movie Bill Pullman is though yes Bill, Bill Pullman's Pullman is in that movie damn I, I watched really that thought in just theaters like, yeah it just seemed like the kind of thing she would be in 
It does feel like that. She, I, I almost feel like she would be in a sequel. Yeah, Casper, Casper 2, Casper Comes Home. Right. Yeah. Or, Wait, sorry, there's a Ghostbusters cameo in this movie? Yes, uh, what's his name? Dan Aykroyd is in it at the very beginning. Uh, they, the, the oh, they people, call him to do it and then he runs out, right? He, yeah. says, he, sa- like, he runs out and says, who are you going to call? Someone else. And then he leaves. Oh, that's good. By the way, I can quote several parts of the movie Casper because I watched that's it so good. many times as a child. Does, have we talked about this on the podcast before? I don't know. Is there something, is there some like plot hook where like one of the characters discovers that like the soul persists beyond the death of the body and is like, well, I'm just going to jump off a cliff and become a ghost to kill Casper. So, so she, um, the main bad lady figures that out. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we could just do that. Because she has, like, a flunky, like, this British guy flunky who's on her side. And then she chases him around. Is that Eric Idle? Oh, God, is it Eric Idle? It might be. Holy shit. I think it might be right. Oh, my God. Uh, Eric Idle, Bill Pullman, Brad Garrett? No. Eric Idle, yeah. It's Dibs. Wow. Totally him. Uh, Kerrigan is the name of the bad lady, played by Kathy Moriarty, who's not a name I really know. Ah! But I feel like I know her voice in a million things. Which is weird, because I just, yeah, I don't really see her in a ton of other stuff. Um, she, so, she decides that, they, they have this revelation while they're walking down a hallway, and then he, uh, he's like, well, yeah, if you were dead. And then she's like, if you were dead. And then she takes an axe and is, like, chasing him around through part of that movie. She, when she's going after him, falls down a cliff and dies, and then comes back yes. as, a, as a ghost and says, the bitch is back. Oh Incredible. My God. But then she like pulls off her unfinished business and gets sucked to hell or whatever. Yes, that's exactly what happens. She gets the like immortality serum that um, Casper's dad uh, created in the 1800s. Um, and then she said like, I have no unfinished business. I have the thing or whatever. And then like beams oh, of light start yeah. pouring out of her body and then she explodes. Because that's what, that's apparently what the experience of a ghost finishing their unfinished business is. It's not that they have a very peaceful <laughs> ascent to the afterlife. It's that they are immediately disintegrated by the universe. <laughs> I mean... And you get wished into non-existence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and they made two more, at least two more of those movies. There was Casper, there was like what? one where they fought an evil ghost, and then there was one where he meets Wendy. Wait, Devin Sawa was Casper. He was Casper. Who's that? It was his first, so it was his first role that he acted in, but Little Giants came out earlier that year. So that was the first movie that teens who read Tiger Beat at the time, uh, slash 11-year-olds who read Tiger Beat. Yeah. That's been a minute. He was the hunk. Wow, really? Okay. Was Little Giants like the last movie Rick Moranis was in? No, right? Rick Moranis, what was he in here? Hold on, one sec. Sorry, everybody who came to this for video games. Wait, he's... Okay, no, if you don't count voice acting, uh, Big Bully was the last movie that Rick Moranis was ever in. Wait, Little Giants was the second to last. Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves was a direct-to-video release. He was in Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Yes, he was. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. He did come back in that one. I thought that was the TV show, but yeah, no, you're right. No, Honey, Um, We Shrunk... The the TV show was He had to to close it off. He had to close off the trilogy. (laughs) And then it was like, my work here is done. Wait, it was called... In my brain, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid is just... Is called Honey, I Blew Up the Baby. No, it's it's the kid kid. for sure. Huh. It's not a baby. It's like a toddler. Right, yeah. I've seen that movie. He's like two. Yeah. Adam is like two in that movie, yeah. 
Uh, wait, speaking of babies, though, I want you to mouse over, if you're on the Wikipedia page for Rick Moranis' filmography, I want you to mouse over the film called Splitting Airs. Okay. And tell me what the uh, the image there is that you see. Oh, my goodness gracious. What? Hold on, what? Hold on. What? Splitting Airs? Yeah, just mm-hmm. mouse over the link. Don't click it. Wait, so in his filmography. Yeah. If you go to film 1993's Splitting Airs. I just get a little box. Oh, really? Okay, well, then click through. Okay. Yeah, because you will get the... Um, oh! Yeah, this, yeah, is, this is Rick Moranis as a baby with a crown on his head. Uh-huh. Uh, being held by Eric Idle. Again, Eric Idle. It all comes back. With a and John Cleese is cutting through. Like, like a, has a knife and is standing behind the Rick Moranis baby. And it's like, it's like a Michael Myers like kitchen It's a knife tabloid. Murder. It's supposed to be yeah. like a tabloid oh. uh, cover, I think. Unless I'm wrong. Wait, Barbara there's also a Hershey? dolphin? Wait, yeah, it's like a weird little plastic dolphin or fish. Exclusive photos. Unfortunately, this is not high res enough to get, I think, the full story I know, it's here. really hard to see if that's a dolphin or just a fish. Yeah. Is there... Okay, that doesn't do anything. I'm trying to see if there's maybe a, a better version of this. We can't do this. We can't be <laughs> looking up... Yeah, stairs. no, I'm sorry. Tell me this about is... the games you've been playing. Ooh, okay. Danielle, do you want to go first? Because I have so much. I'm probably going to... I'm not going to talk about every single game on my list because that would be ridiculous, but I want to... Why wanna... don't we split yours up? Okay. Why don't we do a couple yeah, of yours? Yeah, you do and a I'll few. Do, I'll okay. do mine, and then we do a couple of yours. So I think the one to start with then, because I think this will be its own section and the rest can maybe be shrunk down into uh, little tiny bite-sized pieces, is uh, we should talk about Disco Elysium, I think. Yeah, I want to okay. hear about this because I do want to I... play it. I heard it has divorced dad energy. It does have divorced dad energy is uh, how I would describe it, perhaps in a 1,000 word article about my impressions of the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, D- Disco Elysium, I feel like, kind of came out of nowhere this year. Uh, we saw a trailer for it a few months ago and definitely thought, like, oh, that looks neat and interesting. I will probably check that out later. And then kind of didn't um, until we did, which is what I'm doing right now, kind of going through this game. It is... A, I believe it's a brand new studio called Zaum. Z, it's spelled Z-A slash U-M, all capitals. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how mm-hmm. that's supposed to be pronounced, but it's an Estonian studio. Um, and they call this a detective RPG. It's definitely... The, the very elevator pitch of this thing is that it is basically like um, Planescape Torment with cops and without any combat, really. Uh, it is 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 a top down CRPG, you know, uh, isometric game that is very heavily focused on investigating things and dialogue and skill checks, uh, in conversation and things like that. You play as a cop, an amnesiac cop in like an alternate history, nineteen fifty one, set in this planet that doesn't really have a name, and isn't really a planet. <laughs> it's a lot. Um. And, yeah, so your character at the beginning of this game wakes up in a hotel room, and the first thing that you get is a black screen with uh, a character called Ancient Reptilian Brain, who is speaking in this, like, deep, raspy, uh, cockney accent talking to you, and then your limbic system starts talking, and you're, like, basically talking yourself through the process of waking up in the morning after a seven-day bender in which your character has taken so many drugs and uh, drank so much that he is literally given himself like retrograde amnesia he's like literally can't remember his name who he is where he's from what planet he's on there depending on certain skill checks through the game you might not even remember what money is uh <laughs> wow it's very good uh in a lot of ways throughout that 
But what you kind of discover very early on in the game, because you run into a character called Kim Kitsuragi, who is your new partner on this case, uh, is that you are a sort of a sort of cop in this world where it, in this like kind of post-war, post-communist uh, country that used to be uh, the suzerain. Uh, it used to basically rule the world through this monarchy, but there was a communist revolution about fifty to 100 years ago, which has then itself been crushed by basically a coalition of capitalist governments from a, around this sort of... It's kind of mm, I don't know how much uh, can, will be considered spoilers here, because depending on how you play this game, there's a vast amounts of information that you might not have. Uh, but on this in this world uh yeah the basically these coalitions of governments uh came in said no 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 and destroyed the, the communist revolution before it could get off the ground killed all the communists killed them so good that there are like, literally none left alive they like did a genocide and like oh there's no baby communists anymore no not really but but you can kind of so the people still know what communism was and you know basically uh you know the history books still talk about it and stuff so like literally throughout this game you can kind of like determine your character's philosophical leanings on certain things and it will give you different stat bonuses depending on what kind of you're you're almost like multi-classing but the instead of like ranger wizard or whatever it's like literally like uh, resurrectionist communist and <laughs> sorry cop as in like I'm so, like you're just constantly apologizing for things all the time and you get different dialogue choices if you apologize apologize too much or if you're an asshole or if you uh, you know are trying to completely ignore your past life and start over again like that it's it, the game is what's really impressive about Disco Elysium is that it is constantly tracking basically everything that is ever going on in the game at any given time right. um, and and it pours these through the lens of, like, uh, you have, like, a big grid of skills. And the, the skills are things like perception, compassion, empathy, uh, reflexes, stuff like that. Um, and those abilities literally talk to you throughout the game, depending on how high you've leveled them up. Uh, your, your your inner drama, your inner sense of drama will talk to you. And it always... <laughs> they, they all have different voices too so it'll be like your inner sense of drama always calls you sire so it's always talking about like no you really fucked that one up sire uh if you Good. you know are trying to like i had a skill check last night where i'm sitting on a bench with my partner kim waiting for uh low tide to come in so we can investigate this car uh and one of the skill checks was can you whistle <laughs> and i fucked up the whistle because I, my drama score wasn't high enough and my drama made fun of me and then kim made fun of me and my character's like yeah fuck you <laughs> i can't whistle and wow. then kim starts whistling to just show you to kind of show you up it's very good it's it, but it's also oh, so hard to describe because there's so much going on well, here yeah i basically i was like looking at the um whatever the steam page blurb or? of it yeah. on steam and it was like, oh, we're trying to make something as close as possible to the experience of tabletop role-playing. Right, yeah. Which I guess those older, like, the Planescape games were like that, too. And to some extent, like, it's impossible to do that the more graphically advanced you get because mm -hmm. so many of your resources are going into, like, making this world where, like, your main interaction with everything is just a context-sensitive, like, button that, like, either picks things up or, like, talks or whatever. Right. Um, should I... Should I prioritize it? Should it be my next thing? I think you should. I think you would okay. be... if uh, You, Merit, seem to me like a person that is very interested in just, like, really interesting dialogue and interesting stories and stuff like that, especially coming yeah. off of, like, looking at the Death Stranding stuff and being like, yeah, give me that shit. This game, 
is so bizarre and unique in so many different ways and is like again it is just trying to simulate that i think it was cameron kunzman wrote about it a little bit and talked about how i forget who it was but there was some game developer i think it was warren specter who he, uh cameron kunzman wrote about warren specter saying that if he could do anything, what he was going to make one day was the one-block RPG. Oh, yeah, that's definitely what Yeah, that's what this is like, right? Basically, yeah. It's it's it takes it's a little bit bigger than one block, but it's like one very condensed neighborhood in this game. The entire game takes place there, and it's just tracking everything. Every, every decision you make, every choice, and all this stuff, and then playing it back to you and changing things in a very dense way over time, in a way that, like you said, kind of mimics the way that a uh, DM would respond to your choices throughout a game, changing the arc of that narrative in, like, very mm-hmm. significant ways, but it's doing it in such a scale geographically that you can kind of get away with that. Um, right, yeah. And, Whereas, and like, other games I feel like have prioritized scope in, right. like, a way that is sometimes actually really uh, shallow. Right. We talked yes. about this a little bit on our Game of the Decade deliberations about Skyrim versus... Oh, the other worlds, right? Like, yeah. you know, it, it's very technically impressive that there are 300 million cheese wheels throughout that entire game. But actually, what you're if you if you drill down into what that game is saying, what the story is doing, what the characters are doing, it's very impressive that a character has like a little routine that they walk every day. But what does that actually matter? You know, it, it looks interesting, but like it's not yeah. saying anything. Whereas this game is yeah, always... if you can't interact with that in any meaningful way, then yeah, exactly. Right, your your options in Skyrim is if you see the blacksmith that gets up in the morning, goes to bed, uh, goes to work, gets you know, goes to have lunch or whatever. Your interactions with that character are: can you sell me some shit, or I will kill you. <laughs> you know, like whereas this game is like you're having like you're meeting all these different characters and they have opinions about the world and about the <sighs> politics and and the the history of this world and or they don't and they, and they are very vocal about the fact that they don't have opinions and they're just like hey man i'm just trying to survive like we live in this horrible country that is basically being bled dry by late capitalism and i don't have anything to my name like i just i don't want to get involved with you because you know, because of the way that cops are in this universe too, it's, it's or at least in this little slice of the world, you don't really have a lot of actual authority. You don't have like a lot of power. That there's pretty early on in the game, you you can find out. So the the I should set this up a little bit, which is the main mystery of this game, besides trying to figure out who you are, is that there is a corpse hanging from a tree behind the hotel that you stayed in, uh, and. And basically, at the beginning of that game, your first objective is get that body down. It's been hanging up there for seven days because your character was on a weird bender. Why Why did you not bring the... Your, your partner, the first thing you, that you tell him is, if you tell him that you didn't bring the body down, which is what I did, is like, you didn't bring the fucking body down? <laughs> like, it's been up there for seven days. What are you doing? And so that's your, literally your first objective. But because you basically have no power, it's like, well, we don't have a ladder. <laughs> like, and we can't call... <laughs> We can't call for more backup. Uh, we like, how the fuck do we get this body down? Um, and like the the rope that's attaching it is like a heavy duty industrial like steel reinforced wire from like a dock. Uh, and they're like, well, we can't just like shoot it. Well, shit. So like, you have all these different options that you can go down and try to do, and or talk to other people to try and figure out like things from them, or try to find tools in the world that can help you do this. While this is all going on, there is a time limit in the game that. Oh that uh, only progresses when you interact with things or talk to people. It's not a real-time time limit. It's not like a timer ticking down, uh, like a Last Express type thing. It's it's more like a um, when you're just walking through the, the world, the, the clock is static, but every mm-hmm. time you like talk to somebody, like every three dialogue options you choose, 
progresses oh, forward you, by like one minute. Okay, yeah. So it's basically like you have like a, a, an energy system of like you can only like take this many actions per day or whatever. Basically, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of it's it's a little bit more abstract than that, but that's pretty much exactly what it is. Um, and okay, so I will say that I did just buy it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I am looking forward to that. And while I was buying it, I did also notice that. Well, I'll tell you what the the other thing that I bought is once you're done. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I basically kind of wrapped it up. I don't want to get too deep into it because, again, this is such a easy game to spoil because so much of the, so much of what it is is discovering the nature of the world and who your character is and or choosing to not engage with that stuff because you can definitely be like, hey, like early on the character can be like, hey, I probably fried my brain for a reason because I don't want to remember who I am and what I was, mm. um, so I shouldn't do any of that stuff now. In moments like those, so this is also a game where um, I put all of my points into basically um, empathy and like my my reflexes. There's kind of four categories of all, that all your skills go into, but it basically breaks down to like physical strength, mental strength, emotional strength, and uh, like speed. And I put most of my stuff into speed and like emotional intelligence, basically, uh, which meant that I only had one health point. I only had one hit point at the beginning of this game. Uh, which did lead to my character um, <laughs> at one uh, early on in the game in your uh, your hotel room. There's like a ceiling fan that you have a tie on, and your kind of like initial thing that you want to do is get dressed, and so you want to get your tie off the ceiling fan. And you have like options like try to grab the tie, turn off the fan first, turn on the light first. And I turned on the light, and because my hair character had a hangover, I turning on the light um, was enough of a shock that it did one health point or what did one hit point of damage, and I only had one hit point, so my character had a heart attack and died immediately. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> because I turned the ceiling. Fan. Very good. Yeah. Wow. It, those kinds of moments in my in my piece where I wrote about uh, uh, what was it? Disco Elysium is a brain genius simulator uh, with divorced dad energy. That's the brain yes! genius. <laughs> is like the game has this weird level of like uh, slapstick comedy built into failed checks on things mm-hmm. that is probably if you're if you're playing the game for the first time it's the stuff that is going to get kind of probably drag you in and hook you right away and then as you start to kind of peck away at it you realize oh this is actually like a really deep and interesting world too so right yeah so I'm I'd be very very interested to hear what you think of it too Merit. Um, and, and you, Danielle. Like, I don't know if any of oh, that yeah. sounds like it appeals to you at all. But It sounds amazing. I, you know how I feel about systemic interaction stuff? Right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, it sounds awesome. And this is, like, this is more abstracted out than a prey because it's mostly, like, text. But it's at the end of the day, it's a lot of, like, you know, whereas prey is, like, do you have points and strength so you can pick up a crate and stand on top of it so you can get in a hole in the wall? Or do you have points in, like, psychic abilities so you can mind control that zombie so they'll open the door for you? That kind of stuff. Like, this game isn't as, like, real-time as that because it's a lot of dialogue choices and stuff in the style of a Baldur's Gate or a Planescape Torment or whatever. But if you're willing to look past that kind of, like... I almost hesitate to call it, like, a low-budget veneer, but, you know, it kind of is at the end of the day. It's kind of them representing this stuff in a way that they are able to do without... Skyrim money, right? Uh, yeah. It, at the end of the day, it's. A, I will say though, this is a good-looking game. It has a really unique art style to it that I think really comes through in some of the two D drawings of character faces, especially. But even the three D models that move through the world and stuff, like, look really, really interesting and have kind of this weird sort of oil painting look to them. That's that's pretty mm. good too. But uh, yeah, so that's that's Disco Elysium basically. 
Um, I think that's real cool. It's a cool ass name too. It's a good name. And yeah, it actually, it plays into the story of the game in a way that I won't talk about, but like in a very horizon zero dawn sort of way, (laughs) um, by the end of that game or midway through that game, you realize why it's called disco Elysium and it makes perfect sense. And it's actually very cool. So, <laughs> oh, you were the Disco Elysium the entire time, right? Oh. Yeah, the real Disco Elysium was the friends we met along the way. It was Kim Kitsuragi. Yeah. <laughs> Danielle, did you want to talk about any other RPGs, or did you want to talk about? Uh, oh else? God, uh, I'm having a problem. Okay. I'm having like a real <laughs> ass problem. Right, I, I heard I'll, this. I wrote about this a little bit uh, the other day. Um, I had like a really really complicated, really awesome, like really heart-wrenching, emotional, awesome uh, trauma job on my uh, on my ambulance the other day. Oof. I won't go into that because <laughs> that's a lot. And I may write about it at some point, but it, it was a lot. Uh, and then, you know, we bring our patient to the ER. And that's, that's nice and all. And then I realized that my hand was literally itching for the <laughs> X button on the Xbox One controller for your hands. Because all I wanted to do in that emergency room was loot the ever-loving fuck out of the place. I wanted every sheet. I wanted every medical <laughs> supply. I wanted every piece of tape. And it's all because of this little game called The Outer Worlds that I'm playing incessantly. And I can't stop playing. And I'm playing every friggin' side quest and every stupid mission because I cannot stop. So this game almost landed me in jail, basically, because I wanted oh to God. loot. Perfect. I wanted to loot so bad. And Incredible. it wasn't. Yeah, it was just like an itch. It was almost like, oh my god. So on this particular trauma job, we ran out of blankets and uh, sheets. And so like most ERs let you just take sheets because you know you're going to bring them back and they're going to be bloody. <laughs> like it's fine. Right. They're, they're kind of like, oh, it's fine. You know, it's fine. Um, so I was like looking for the sheets and I swear to God, I felt like I was playing the game. Like, <laughs> like you know, navigating corridors, seeing characters, being like, okay, that's fine. I don't need that. Like it was almost like play playing with the sticks in my hands it was banana pants i was like what is wrong with me that i i am feeling physical sensations of playing this game while i'm doing a real life thing that has nothing to do with shooting people and looting places i that wouldn't have gone well it's just yeah it's it's a little weird the game is really good and it's really seamless in the kinds of ways that like it takes away a lot of the friction of this type of game I watched, uh, like, my ex-partner play, like, a hundred hours of Fallout 4, and that game looked extremely boring to play, <laughs> and not that fun, and, like, I played a little of it, and was like, okay, this is great, this is real good, you got a good video game here, um, <laughs> oh, I love but this has crap. so much of that, like, sort of cut out, so it's just more fun dialogue, and weird creatures, and, like, all sorts of, you know, you can read all the emails, and do all the hacking, and... Oh my god, and I'm so over-leveled that I'm just <laughs> having a good time with the easy button, a.k.a. the prismatic hammer, mm-hmm. which, Steven, I used your guide <laughs> to find it. Yep. Go to fanbyte.com slash something, and you will get <laughs> to the slash guide. guides, probably, I guess. <laughs> slash guides, and you will get to the guide for the prismatic hammer, which, like, it's a melee uh, weapon that does every kind of elemental damage, kind of depending on... I don't even know what. I don't even care. It just kills everything. It's great. It resets the type of damage you do every single time you do a normal swing. Oh, okay. There's like a terminal that you can read when you go get it for the first time that it kind of explains like (laughs) this guy falling in love with this hammer. um, I did read the terminal. I figured Uh, you must have because you're Danielle. Yeah. Yep. I read every email because I'm that person. 
But yeah, it's oh, I went to Monarch the hard way. Like I pissed oh. everybody off on Groundbreaker wow. because of those sticky hands that I had a little problem with. Um, I mean they're fine now. I like everybody loves me now uh, <laughs> on Groundbreaker. But for a while I couldn't go to Gladys. Gladys tried to shoot me in the face Whoa. because I pissed everybody off because I stole like way too many things. Look, might have a little bit of a looting problem. Yeah, I'm not too big to admit it. Uh. It's happening in the game too, as it, as well as in real life. It's not like just <laughs> playing normally has caused you to, you know, alter your perception of reality. It's also that, like, in the game, it's even worse. You're just stealing. Yeah, right. Well, in the game, I'm actually stealing. I didn't like to be clear because it's the fucking internet. I probably have to be clear. I did not steal or loot anything in the emergency room. <laughs> That's I just had an itch to grab things uncontrollably. That's all. You know, I can control myself. I'm a, a reasonable EMT. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah. Cut to one week from now where you're like uh, fired for reading your boss's emails on their terminal. Yep. It's like, yeah, I found a sticky <laughs> note in a bathroom that had your password on it. And now I can read everything. Honestly, it's not that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you know, people really shouldn't leave, uh, you know, slips of paper. leave lying. I was about to say people shouldn't leave slips of paper lying around that say like hey in case you forget the password for the rift generator is this but i am looking at a post-it note that i do have on my desk that does have the password to my epic store account on it because i hadn't added it to my uh, password vault yet so it and it does also say epic next to it so like incredible wow uh so i i can't throw really throw stones in this case oh my there God. is an amazing email and i don't remember where but there is an amazing email where like the password ends up being one two three four but like yeah. this like meathead person has created like a system like what month is it what month is oh your birthday God. how many of this do we have like and they like get to one two three four and it's like Oh, that's cute. And the email that reply to it one. is like, sounds good, thanks. Yeah, it's like a very, like, it's the person who's clearly trying to troll their boss. Uh-huh. And the boss is just like, yup, all right. <laughs> I remember that terminal. That's one of my favorites that I found. It's in that very game. good. It's very, very good. It's I, good I'm really loving the game, but I have to ask. Um, so Gita Jackson at Kotaku wrote uh, an incredible piece today about Give Vicar Max uh-huh. a Chance. I get the sense that she is attracted to Vicar Max, and I, I'm hearing this from a lot of people that that Vicar Max is is hot. I don't know that I that I agree with that necessarily. I've been running with Parvati and Nyoka for the most part. Uh, occasionally, I'll bring Max. Occasionally, I'll bring Felix, just because sometimes I don't know. He just has fun dialogue sometimes, but he's kind of the the dopey boy of the of the whole place. So I gave him the top hat. I gave him a fancy hat, so he's mm, wearing that mm-hmm. right now. Uh, but Stephen, when you played, who were your companions of choice? Ah, uh, well, I love Parvati. Parvati yeah. Tuhati. Like, uh, just yep. absolutely <laughs> fantastic character. I really, really like Parvati. Um, be- partially because I think it's, like, interesting that it, it... I believe I mentioned this on the previous podcast that I think she might be the first, like, canonically asexual character I've ever run into in a game. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Yeah. Like, that, and I think that's super interesting. I think they handle it very well in that with that character, too, where, like, they, it's not, like, an overriding factor of her existence, but it is also a thing that she has opinions about and, you know, has run into problems in relationships with relationships in the past as a result of and, you know, is worried about, you know, how she will be perceived when she's trying... Have you really... Dived into her, dove into her uh, loyalty quest yet with uh, with Junlei? 
Yeah, I just found the sweetheart cake. Oh, fantastic. So, You're about the yeah, same place I... that I am with that, then. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, like, her whole relationship with Junlei and stuff like that, like, all th the talking about Junlei sending her, like, drunk poetry um, yes, to her ship's Yes, it's so journal. good, and the poem is so bad. It's oh. so bad. <laughs> and, like, when you talk to Junlei about it, she's like, oh, shit, I actually said that? <laughs> like, it's really... <laughs> it's, yeah, that's great. Uh, I like her, and honestly... I don't like Sam very much. I Sam is just kind of like such a one-note joke that they they wrote they they wrote a funny robot because that's what you do in these games. I feel like at a certain point you have to like your Mass Effects, your BioWare, the the Shadow of BioWare uh, is cast over us all, right? HK47 oh, yeah. and and uh, with uh, Legion are still out there somewhere, uh, just waiting to be revived one day. Uh, and so they have a funny <laughs> robot in this game, but the funny robot is, like, at least so far, I have not encountered any loyalty quest for him where you can, like, make him have a soul or anything like that, so he all he does is repeat just, like, cleaning robot stuff, and it works for maybe, like, the first five minutes, and then it's just like, oh, th this is not going anywhere, is it? It's just, this is the entire character. That, the one thing I do like to do, though, is pair him up with Parvati, because Parvati is a character who like, explicitly uh, personifies machines all the time. Uh, <laughs> yes. So she, when you have uh, Sam around and, uh, like, go dr go for drinks with Parvati during that one part of that quest or whatever, um, Sam says some, like, he says some cleaning, like, cleaning robot shit, but it's, like, weirdly poignant for the moment, and then Parvati's like, yep. oh, Sam, that's so sweet. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, of course she would, she would, like, you know, be able to empathize with this, like, soulless machine. <laughs> Um, but other than that, honestly, I don't really feel too super connected to any of the characters. So I think Vicar Max is probably the most interesting, like Gita wrote in that piece. Uh, she, yeah. I, she, I think, even concedes that he is a piece of shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's an yeah. interesting piece of shit. Uh, and he is. I've, I've gone down his, uh, his route, his loyalty quest a little bit more. Um, and he definitely has some stuff in his past that is interesting. I think, I think the game wants me to like Ellie. I don't think that I like Ellie. Okay. Very much. I I don't know. Again, I haven't gotten very far down her uh their, her story road, but she's definitely the like, oh, she's a doctor, but also she's Han Solo. Like she's like the shoot first, <laughs> ask questions later, like rogue type or whatever. But I just feel like that usually just ends up be like manifesting as she just has snide comments for Parvati all the time, which whereas Parvati is like, you should do the right thing. Because it's the right thing, not because, you know, it's good for productivity or whatever. And then Ellie will be like, whoa, that's real, that's real, uh, you know, high-minded of you or whatever. And it's just like, <laughs> all right. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess Vicar Max by default is probably my number two. <laughs> uh, what about Me? you? How do you feel? Oh, I mean, like, I really like Nioka. Nioka's pretty I good. I don't know. She's just pretty, like, well, everything's terrible. Yeah. We're getting through it. It's like it's just a very relatable. <laughs> she's just a very relatable person, I think. You know, she likes to go out hunting. She has a big old bust of a of a whatever the. She has a big old bust. On, yeah, I yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I know where Danielle's mind is well, at during this conversation. Well, <laughs> is it called a bust? I'm sorry, Not I don't really. even know. Uh, like, no, a bust is like <laughs> a shoulders and head of a person. Right. <laughs> Uh, like a mounted animal, I think uh, it's just what it's yeah, called. Yeah, it's a mounted animal. Uh, taxidermy head. Yeah. She has one of those. She has a stuffed animal. There's gotta be a term for that, right? There probably is. Okay, I just don't know what it is. I don't, we, this is definitely the wrong crew to know anything about hunting. <laughs> 
that's and I think that's actually part of what pushes me away from Dioka a little bit when I first meet her. It's just like, oh, she's like a big game hunter, huh? All right. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I don't know. There's something about that. that it, like, the whole... Hmm, there's there's a weird element. I just played Borderlands 3 this year as well. There's And there's, like, this whole weird element, I feel like, in space games or, or genre work in video games sometimes of, like... Big Game Hunter usually has a very specific connotation towards imperialism and, like, European sure. white men who went to Africa and killed a bunch of things for sport or continue to do that for sport or whatever. And, like, I don't know, there's this weird trope in video games lately, I feel like, of just, like, but what if, like, it was in space and it was a black person doing it? And that's Nioka, right. and that's also, uh, what's his name... Uh, Hammerlock from Borderlands 3 is the exact same character archetype, but played l more for laughs than Nioka is. Nioka's obviously, like, got a little bit more humanity to her. Yeah, I think Nioka's, like, just depressed. But yeah, yeah. I, I get it. Ba um, bad shit happened to Nioka. Like, she has, a, she has a right to feel upset. <laughs> yeah. Her crew kind of got, you know, killed. Eaten, yeah. <laughs> Eaten by a lot of bad things. Which, fair enough. Uh, circle of life. Yeah, no, that's extremely fair. I, um... Yeah, it's... I think Parvati has pr pretty much been the lock the whole time. Uh, because she, she is sweet. She is nice. I do like her quite a bit. But I also... I don't know. I haven't uh, unlocked Ellie yet. Really? I didn't even know who Ellie was when... Well, I'm well. also... You know how... how <laughs> I'm doing, like legit every side quest in uh -huh. this entire game which i don't even mean to and i don't even want to at this point but i just i feel compelled you have to yeah uh and i don't want to feel compelled anymore we'll we'll figure something out maybe i'll just get this game out of my blood and then everything will be okay again i have a um, sneaking suspicion too that this is one of those games where if you beat it and roll credits it'll just dump you back into the overworld and say like hey you can we're here's a save from right before you did the thing Oh, no. I, I, and so, like, maybe... Well, what I'm saying is maybe you can run, you know, run to the end, see how things play out, and then still have a save left over where it's like, okay, now that's waiting for me. That's waiting for Christmas now. That's that's Danielle Christmas, <laughs> where I, where for the next five days I can just run around picking up bullets. Yeah. Um, that's possible. Ellie is on Groundbreaker, and you might not have run into her because everybody hated you there. <laughs> so I wonder. Oh, no! I don't know. I don't know. She's in the hospital. Um, she's in the hospital. Okay, I'm gonna go back to the hospital. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out in the hospital. I'm gonna see what happens there. Okay, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of ways that you can kind of start her thing. There's like a secret entrance into the back of the hospital where you can find, talk to her friend and kick things mm -hmm. off that way. Or I think you can just also go into the front door and talk to Ellie, um, and she'll, she'll okay. join you. I'll uh, give that a shot because cool. I think she sounds like somebody I'd have a lot of fun with, actually. So. You know, and they're not, they're not like a true companion character in the sense that they walk around and follow you around or anything like that, but I actually really like Ada in this game. Oh, I love Ada. Yeah. Ada is great, yeah. Ada, for people who don't know, is like your shipboard AI. She's like your ship's computer, your your Edie from Mass Effect, to bring it back to <laughs> the other games. But like, what's kind of, I like, what I kind of like about her is that she is like, she is obviously sentient in a way that Sam is very much not. Um, yes. but is, like, constantly kind of, like, doesn't want to be identified as sentient in the same way that, like, humans do or something like that for, for various yeah. reasons, because she's, like, kind of, like, you know, maybe snidely afraid that, like, if, if people know that she's, like, sentient, that she'll be, like, decommissioned or something like that. But early on in the game, one of the things you can do is, like, she'll, uh, she's, like, well, I'm programmed to only obey Captain Hawthorne, uh, and you're not Captain Hawthorne, so if you want me to listen to you, you have to be Captain Hawthorne. <laughs> Am I right, Captain Hawthorne? And you're like, I'm Captain Hawthorne. And she's like, great, I'm glad we understand each other. 
it's yeah it's very good she's she's just like fun sassy robot who's not really sassy but she's sassy in her own special way right yeah but also has like a weirdly like she really cared cared about captain hawthorne and i think that kind of comes through a lot of the time when when she talks about him like yeah yeah, yeah she is sassy but also like that is somewhat of a veneer that is kind of like going over like kind of hiding her like genuine um pain over the fact that she like lost this person who basically was the one who gave her a personality and like took care of her ship and stuff like that uh gave her like a degree of autonomy by like tying all of her systems into directly into the ship uh in a way that like lets her control the ship in a way that most shipboard ais like her are not allowed to do uh and i think that little arc is kind of cool and also she has robot sex with the the janitor robot um (gasps) really oh have you not activated sam yet He's activated, but I didn't know they had robot sex. Oh, so once you activate him, anytime you come back onto your ship, uh, there's like a... You know how you come back onto the ship sometimes and Ada will be like, there, you know, Ellie and Felix are having a conversation in the kitchen if you're looking for them, Captain. And if you go up there, they'll, they'll have conversations with each other. Sometimes she will have a conversation with Sam and it's just Sam like going into the cockpit and like with a feather duster or whatever. And she's like, that's right, Sam, get in there real deep. I haven't been cleaned like this in years uh, and stuff like that. And then she like notices you approaching and she's like, Sam, we'll, uh, we'll continue this later kind of stuff. It's beautiful. It's very good. I love that. (laughs) It works. It's so good. That's a good game. That's that. I like the outer worlds. Uh, I like it the more I play it. Nice. Good. Which is, it's a lot. I, I like it a lot more. I, I thought I would like it. I played, you know, a, a bit of it at a preview event, um, but I didn't expect this. Like, this is very, very, very much uh, got its hooks into me. Is it scratching that kind of prey deus ex dishonored itch? A little bit. I mean, certainly not nearly as much um, because those games are much more systemic. Right. Uh, it, it's scratching a bit of it, I think, because I, I'm enjoying the, the sort of dialogue so much and the, the story bit so much and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I like exploring. I like kind of just going everywhere and seeing new things and, and kind of having fun in space. Like, I, I think Groundbreaker is probably my favorite area so far. Groundbreaker is super like, interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's just like a very cool spaceship. You can kind of get a sense or a feeling of those little stories going around, going on around you, which is what I like so much about this type of game. Um, so yeah, a little bit. I mean, if it were a true immersive sim, I'd probably never stop playing it. So it's, <laughs> it's good <laughs> that it's not scratching all the edges, but yeah, it, it is almost surprisingly, uh, I like it so much. Uh, and this might have a place in my top 10, like just from how much I'm kind of addicted to it right now. Nice. Very cool. Mary, you wanted to talk about your top 10 a little bit, right? Or, or things that you're considering for your top 10. My top 10 of the year your top 10 games of the year i thought you had oh. mentioned that you were t- you were looking at or maybe not your top 10 but your i don't have 10 play. yet i have a list of things i need to play before i can decide what the 10 are <laughs> i'm, I'm kind um, of curious what we're all kind of looking at for the rest of this year what, what yeah. we're all kind of like hoping to play i'm just doing triage at this point where i'm just like do i need to play this uh, no probably not it can it can get cut it can get cut um, but here is what I have in my folder or in my document right now where I'm just like have a list of things that I'm like, nah, I should play this or I want to play this. <laughs> so on the PS4, uh, we have Resident Evil 2, which I bought on sale a couple Ooh. weeks ago, played the first nice. hour of and uh, have not done any more in yet. Obviously, Leon? De- uh, Leon. Yeah. Um, obviously, Death Stranding on the Switch. Okay. Uh, well, I'm playing Luigi's Mansion 3 right now. I want to finish that. Uh, obviously, I'm going to be playing Pokemon. 
I have ukulele, crossnick, baba, zoo, and cyanar wild hearts on there. I'm going to finish or get to a point where I feel finished with all of those uh, in the next few weeks. And then the PC, obviously, is my biggest list now that I have a gaming piece. Oh, yeah. This is the first podcast we've done where I have a gaming piece. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. So I uh, paid a bunch of money to get a very powerful machine that can run Destiny on the highest settings. And uh, <laughs> unexpectedly, that is not the, the most exciting benefit of it. What is the most exciting thing is that the load times are basically non-existent anymore. Mm-hmm. Like previously, yeah. Destiny was like, okay, I'm loading into an activity. I'm going to go uh, get some water, uh, you know, make get a, a snack, yeah. make a sandwich, come back. It still has like 10 seconds. Now it's like less than 20 seconds from clicking like on a destination to loading into it. There are no between area load times at all. It's unbelievable, um, right? It's unbelievable. It's a different. It's like diff- playing a different game. Right. Um, so that's very good. But it's also opened up a whole world of non-Destiny games for me to play. So <laughs> Those on the do PC, exist. the game that I just bought when I bought Disco Elysium was a new Zachtronics game that I had not heard of, which just came out in early access yesterday, called Molek Synthes. Oh. Which I've is not heard about. Of it's about making designer drugs in <laughs> your apartment in <laughs> Romania. By combining, oh by combining very easy to obtain uh, uh, molecules to create uh, cool pharmacogenic uh, uh-huh. molecules. Oh my god, this is amazing! Yeah, I mean it's oh. a Zachtronics game, right? So it's just like—is this that like black and white one? Yeah, it's like you're you're doing math or programming or whatever. I've never played any of them, but this immediately jumped out at me. It's like, oh, that's a neat premise. I like the idea of that. I wonder if this game will actually teach you how to make drugs. That was going to be my next question was like, do you uh, think that this is teaching you stuff? I don't know, because do that would be certainly controversial if that proves to be the case. But Yeah. Oh, wow. Because um, I, I, I just pulled up their the Zektronics homepage right now, and it does just say mescaline right there at the top of the thing. It's yeah. like not fake No, I mean, names. it's... Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what's bananas is that this is their second game in like three months, and they couldn't possibly be more different. And I love that. Yeah, so Eliza much. is also on my list. It's inc- Eliza's right. incredible. Yeah. And I need to play this this ga- this drug game. It sounds so good. I can't believe I, I every single time somebody brings it up, I I'm shocked again to remember that Eliza is a Zachtronics game. <laughs> I know, seriously. I mean, there is like a a, a little puzzly sort of solitaire-ish game in there right. as well. Right. <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, so the, my other things that we haven't talked about are uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which mm. I might just have to resign myself to the fact that I won't play at this point because it comes out next Friday as well, I believe. Yes. Um, yeah. November 15th, is that right? But Tim Rogers is very excited about it, which bodes well for me because yeah. I typically trust his taste. Uh, and then some smaller things like What the Golf, uh, Slay the Spire, Neocab. Mm. Yes, Neocab. Um, should I play Void Bastards? I loved it. Yeah. Okay. I loved it. Um, but I don't know if you'll love it. Do you like know. roguelikes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like Kara Ellison? Do you like Scottish ass humor? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> what I'm hearing is do like, you like Kara Ellison. Yeah, that's like Kara? I mean, I haven't seen her in a minute, but <laughs> I did stay at her apartment one time, and it was beautiful. 
Huh. Yeah, it's a gorgeous. Really high ceilings. Uh, in my... and, and like the amount of space you can get in that city. Uh, yeah. But then I also have some weird things on here that I just want to try, but I don't know if they're like urgent. Like I do want to try atomic crops because it sounds like a really mm-hmm. interesting idea mm-hmm. uh, of just like this manic, like, uh, ag- like planting slash shooter simulator. Right. Yeah. Um, and the aesthetic reminds me of like a weird SNES game, and they just added an update where they're like, oh. New gun, new crop, new uh, like new potential spouse. <laughs> like, right. so I guess you're like getting speed married as well. So like your spouse can also grow pumpkins and shoot mutant pumpkins. Um, and then Bee Simulator comes out in oh a couple of weeks, God, which is a game that I played at E3 and then promptly forgot about until now. But uh, but you like liked it, right? You had a good it time. It was good. It was really cool because it's like. They're very much like, oh, we didn't want to make it like a game where you're like flying around stinging stuff because like, first of all, you're a bee, so you would just be dead. And second, like, that's not what bees do. Right. Um, bees are good. Yeah, bees are good. So it's a game about like, you're flying around Central Park, like collecting pollen. And uh, yeah. It, and that's kind of it, right? Like, it's just kind of chill. I mean, yeah, but the, I think like most of that game is the experience of flying. Mm. which seems very good. Like the sense of speed and everything that they've created is very cool. And it's getting a physical release, which is wild to me. Whoa. Okay. Like, like on the switch, um, nice. which is, is cool, but I'll probably end up playing it on PC at this point. But um, for, for people out there too, who like hearing about this, like I, th- when I hear a name like B simulator, I immediately think of like surgeon simulator and goat simulator. Right. But no, it's, it's like not a not joke. That. It's a very serious game about a bee. Right. Um, yeah, it's like an educational, like there's all these bee facts as well. Um, it's basically oh, nice. this guy made this game. Um, I think it was like based on like stories or like some story that he was like, he had a bedtime story for his kid. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, it's like not a joke funny game it's like serious also there's cutscenes and you like talk to the other bees with like this cool animated style and um there's multiplayer and uh yeah okay i don't know that's kind of what you're looking forward to danielle anything else tickling your fancy for the rest of 2019 oh god i need to play control so bad oh that's also yes also control obviously and i'm scared because i don't know how i'm going to take myself away from the outer worlds for long enough i'm also finishing the outer wilds with my partner right and there are several small things like like a couple of things that merit had mentioned like what the golf i think needs to be on there clearly i need to play this drug game uh, and be really, really obsessed with it. Um, I feel like there's a few things I missed that I just need to... Yeah, right. Um, there's a few things this year that I just missed because they came out at a weird time. So, I there's yeah. There's a few things. Yeah. Baba Is You is on there as well, which I know I will really like. And, like, Austin sat me down one day at one point and was like, okay. And, like, actually showed me the thing about, like, oh, you know, when you move the, the clause or the if statement and then you become the wall or whatever the thing is right. oh yeah no it's very sat me good down and showed me that and my brain exploded and then i needed to go do something else it made me very sad so like <laughs> that is something that needs to be on my list as well uh does anyone want to hear what's on my list my yes goty 2019 stuff as i've got written down here uh yes <clears throat> i uh obviously i have disco elysium 
I swear to God, I will beat Outer Wilds before the end of this year. Like that, yes! that that's going to happen. I'm gonna get Nikki to guide me through, or you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna stream it, and Nikki can come on as much. Anybody is allowed to come on and tell me I'm an idiot. Honestly, like I'm not. It's Nikki is <laughs> not the only one. Or to encourage you, right? Yeah, with with happy thoughts, with some minor hints here and there. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Indivisible is a game that I have put a few hours into and really like and really want to play more of, um, but. Feels low budget in some places that I know is not how I'm supposed to, like, look at video games. Like, I shouldn't just be <laughs> impressed because a game looks expensive. Like, it's a matter of whether or not it's fun, and, but it's just like, boy, some of these cutscenes just don't work because it's just, like, still images that were, like, hand-drawn that, that don't look anywhere near as nice as the actual animation in that game. And that kind of pushes me away from it a little tiny bit. But uh, I want to put more time into Remnant from the Ashes. Another game with Ash in the title, Ashen, which I think I'm, like, right at the end of. I think I'm at, like, the last dungeon of that game before you beat it, but it's just such a long dungeon with no checkpoints that I haven't I haven't been able to go back to it. Uh, I do want to... Yeah, it's it's a lot, because I love that game, but, like, boy, it just beat me down. Uh, Void Bastards, I want to put more time into that. Uh, I did like yeah. what I played. Um, I want to beat Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I still haven't done yet. Uh, I have I checked my save the other day. I played like two missions in it the other day and realized I have eighty seven hours in Fire Emblem Three Houses and haven't gotten through it yet. Uh, I I have dicey dungeons on this list. I don't know how much more of that oh, I want to play. I think I need to play that too. It's very I think that cool. Also needs to be there. <laughs> it's it's very good. I streamed it a little bit here um, last week I think or early uh, or late uh, the previous week uh, and it's very good. And it's very chunky, but it's also like I think I know what it is at this point after just playing it a little bit. I want to put some time into Age of Wonders Planetfall, which is like a strategy game. Total War Three Kingdoms, another strategy game. There's a game called Sea Salt that came out fairly recently for Switch. What? that I have a code for? I don't know. Oh yeah, Sea Salt. I remember that. It was. It's a. It's a Dark Souls. No, that's Salt oh, no, and Sanctuary. That's, that's Salt and Sanctuary. Sea Salt is a like a weird reverse RT. Like a you're like the monster. Right. You're the monster. Yeah. Oh. It's like a. You're like you're Dagon, or no? You're like a. You're like an emissary of Dagon, like literal Dagon uh, in this. And you're like killing people at a, like a seaside town and building up power by like sacrificing them to Dagon. And you can like summon tentacles that rip them apart and stuff like that. It's like a weird, yeah, like top-down pixel art reverse horror game kind of thing. Like that other reverse horror game that Devolver Digital showed at E3 this year. I forget what mm -hmm. that one's called. Uh, Carrion. Carrion, yes. Uh, kind of like my immediate thought was like, oh, it's kind of like that. But also it seems like it's maybe Pikmin. Because you're, like, gathering followers to your side and, like, Ooh. having them fight large groups of enemies or large enemies with your, like, massive group that's just getting mowed down in front of you. Um, I want to beat Judgment so bad. It's just so long. It's the, that's the <laughs> Yakuza Universe spinoff game uh, that I do need to play more of at some point. Uh, you'll be happy to hear, Danielle, that I did buy Eliza and Neocab. Good job, good job. I hear Neocab is like only like five hours long too, so that's like yeah. Um, I've played through it twice actually. Oh, fantastic! Which I never do, even if I really love something like this. Typically, with very very you know uh, visual novel types of games, I'm like I'm good. I, I saw what I wanted to see. I loved it, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But no, I actually I went right back in with this one. Beautiful, so, yeah. cool. But <laughs> did you feel like there was like enough there on a second playthrough that you didn't get the first time that it was yeah. like a necessary part of that experience? I saw completely different things. Interesting. Okay. I, would, yeah. I might have to factor that into my uh, my time schedule. <laughs> uh, Mutazione? I think that's how that's pronounced. Oh, yeah. No, I did start playing that because I, yeah, I, um, 
should probably finish this. <laughs> well, I, I hear that's also not super long. No, it's pretty um, short, as far as I know. Uh, which, yeah, you, you do you have to, do have a write-up about that on the site, and it's like... Well, how, I actually don't really know what that game is. Is it like an adventure game? Uh, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, you wander around and talk to people, and I would say the most mechanical element of it is the, um, the plant stuff, where, like, you harvest plants, and, uh, you can plant them in this little garden that you have, and then each of them has, like, a different instrument and, uh, like, genre associated with them. It's like Blink's so they, Awakening. Uh... <laughs> No, but nice. it, but you're not doing it to like save the world or something. Like you actually play like your garden then starts playing these like ambient soundtracks that you basically create by planting different things. Mm, oh, I love that. That's cool um, as hell. No, it's very cool. It's also very pretty. Uh, but yeah, no. I'm looking at, a, at it on howlongtobeat.com right now. It's and the developer is Dagut Fabrik, the fucking yep. Johann yep. Sebastian Joe's uh, people. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good. Uh, good. It's a good year for uh, people who you never would have expected to make like narrative rich <laughs> yeah, games yeah. making them. Right, because uh, also this is also I I've heard it's not particularly great, but that the Bradwell conspiracy game came out from like fucking I think that was like literally the goat simulator people or something like that. I forget. <laughs> oh wow. Um, which is like a serious uh some kind of like mystery exploration kind of game thing by uh some other people uh but yeah no 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 digo fabric like they, yeah that was i forgot that they made this game and uh when i went to see it at pax west this year uh it was like our first appointment in the morning and uh i was like totally like half awake and um <laughs> uh doug wilson who was one of them uh was like hi i'm doug and i was like oh hey i'm Merritt." um and then we were playing it, and I was like, so is this, like, your studio's first game? Or he's like, no, no, we, we've made a few. And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, we mean, you know, like, sports friends. And I was like, oh, oh, you're Doug Wilson. Because, like, we followed each other on Twitter for years but never met in person. And I was like, I thought you were just some man. <laughs> you're Doug. I was, like, so mortified. Um, oh, that's very he, funny. He was, he was very, very chill about it. But, yeah, they uh, also did Where Is My Heart? Um, oh yeah, okay. I'm looking that up right now. I remember where is my heart. That was like a and they they were they made a game for Siftio cubes, <laughs> which is <laughs> oh wow. God bless them. God bless them. All right. I mean, hey, somebody had to. Somebody had to make Those, at least they, a game. It was cool idea. Yeah, it was I a bet. cool idea. Uh, I got what the golf on here. I played a couple of rounds of that. I think people have heard what we feel like Nikki talk about that on the podcast. Uh, I played a little bit. So I've been going through a bunch of Apple Arcade stuff that I had built up for a little while here. And that included Overland. I played like 15 minutes of Overland and immediately bounced yeah, off of it. how is that? Because like I, I, it looked really compelling to me. And then I was reading some stuff about it. And it sounded maybe not so compelling. I, the thing that like the emotions that you've had theoretically are the emotions that I had like in practice which is that I was really interested in that game for the 27 years that it was in development and it <laughs> just I don't know I, I think it doesn't help that so I'm running it on my iPad uh Pro I think it's like you know the the, the one of those like really disgustingly big iPads that people use for like drawing and stuff and it runs like crap like it's weird that it runs as bad as it does and I don't know why um, so the, like, the frame rate's not super great, and, like, even just getting your character, like, the controls, which you would think would be fine for, like, a touchscreen-based, like, turn-based yeah. game on touchscreen, 
there's something about them where they're just like not registering all the, the way know. that you would think they would or like you have to click things in an order that feels weird like you can't just like click on a thing and it activates you have to like click on a person and then have then click on the the thing and then click like a specific action to do from there and then hold your finger down and then let, let go it's very strange and just nothing about the like moment to moment movement of like the roguelike elements of it really grabbed me at all it's just like I don't know. It's just like I I've played so many games like this that uh you know that are are basically um roguelikes where you're going from one end of a place to another and then you die and then you start over again and you maybe have some better stuff and maybe you don't. And mm. it's just nothing about it really stands out to me from any mm. of those other ones. Um in That's a, what I'd heard, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the bummer. Is it, it has kind of a nice look, you know, it's got that No, of... it's really pretty, but yeah, I basically read like, oh, it's um it just forces you into uh, playing in, in ways that aren't very fun or anything. And like, it has all these arbitrary restrictions on, uh, on what you can do and what your characters can do. And uh, it's just like, doesn't live up to the promise, which is kind of a letdown. Which, yeah, for like, it, it makes me wonder if like this game had come out two years ago, if we'd be having a different conversation. Cause it's just, yeah. you know, dead cells has come out, right? Like so much other stuff that has taken some of these ideas or into the breach came out, you know, it, it's got kind of a similar yeah. style of like moment to moment gameplays into the breach. Other games have taken these ideas and done more with them. And this game is just like, yeah, we, we also did one of those. Uh, so I probably won't go back to that, honestly, at this point, especially hearing other people have not been super into it. Uh, I'm gonna play some Hunt Showdown at some point. I don't think that'll be on my Game of the Year list this year, if I even get to it at all. But I would like to me and Nikki play some, or me and anybody really. But Nikki has another code too for Hunt Showdown, which is that like two-player cooperative compet slash competitive monster hunting game set in Ooh. like a haunted Louisiana bayou. Oh shit! I I've heard of this. I have heard of this. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to take a look at it just for our like. I, I don't know if it'll be on my game of the year list this year, but I kind of want to take a look at it for purposes of like uh best ongoing game stuff because I it's got like a look to it and it uh, it does some interesting things. It's like a Crytek game, which I feel like. Yeah, that kind of hmm. makes sense actually from from what I've heard about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I want to look at that. Uh, there, uh, the Outer Worlds, obviously. I want to put more time into Dragon Quest Builders two. Sorry, was somebody going to say something? Sorry. No? No, you've got a, a comprehensive list. I There's something... I can't put my finger on it, but there are... I, I feel like I missed... When my sort of duties at Waypoint changed a bit for a few months there, I feel like I was out of the loop for a few months, and I it, it's weird for me to feel out of the loop because I've been doing this for so long right. that I'm like, shit, I need to like actually just go back and comb through release lists from like... <laughs> may through august or something and right. just be like all right that's what, did what i've I miss? been doing yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much the same here yeah uh dragon quest builders 2 is a game that i think could like if we put some time into it i feel like could be a sleeper hit for a lot of us at fanbite but it's also speaking of how long to beat i've looked at that game on how long to beat and it's like 85 hours it's like all no. right then <laughs> no uh, that game is big that game is like big 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 uh it's very very charming and very very cool i don't know if i'll have enough time to beat it this year actually but uh i do want to try some more of it uh played a little bit of griftlands it's kind of like a it's a clay entertainment deck building game i want to play pathologic 2 um yes dia is is yeah. uh has been 
really uh, shouting the praises of that game. Yeah, so. both Dia Lucina and Julie Muncy, I know, is a huge, huge fan of yes. that game. Uh, yes, yes. And it doesn't look like it's actually that super long either, so I, I really want to play that, because I feel like that is, to a lot of people this year, kind of what Outer Wilds is to a lot of the people on our staff. It's like, no, this isn't just yeah. one of the best games of the year. This is, like, one of my favorite games ever kind of situation. Pathologic 2? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Did you ever hear... Do you, do you know anything about this one, Merritt? Not really, No. I don't know a ton about it either. I think it's like it's like a weird survival game, but like set in a dying weird town. So it's like not like set in the it's a survival game, but not let's not set in the wilderness. So you're like interacting with other people and, and doing stuff with them. But it's like I don't know. I I honestly don't know a ton about what's going on. Most of what I remember about it is people saying at the time that it was like in a very soma like way, like people complaining mm. about it being way too hard because they were just like I know I just want to experience the story. I don't care about like all these survival mechanics and it was one of the early games this year where, where people were really talking about like is our game you know should games be hard should games have an easy mode should games have like a story mode and i just put a like a yeah screenshot yeah. of it in the thing there the, this, these little weird black skin black suited i guess they look like what do you call them like the people at uh like a skin suit yeah like Delia? you know like theaters like how there's people in like black tights uh in theaters that are like pulling on ropes and stuff so that they don't get picked up in light it's kind of like that with a weird white mask um so, so basically like a... <laughs> go ahead yeah no okay go on i i feel like i totally missed this yeah no it's so apparently the first game was like a huge like slick like cult classic kind of sleeper hit for a lot of people and then two is just like a really good refinement of that but I mean, again, I, I know so very little about it because I know... Because everybody who's played this game is like, nobody's talking about this game and that sucks because this is one of the greatest games ever made. <laughs> but uh, Pathologic 2 is a narrative-driven, dramatic thriller about fighting a deadly outbreak in a secluded rural town. The town is dying. Face the realities of a collapsing society as you make difficult choices and seemingly lose-lose situation. The plague isn't just a disease. You can't save everyone. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. You, I think you play a doctor, too. Uh, who's like trying to save people in this weird magic realist town? I will have maybe more thoughts about it if I get around to playing it. I need to play it. Uh, I've got it to, says uh, it's ten times more interesting than the average immersive sim. Oh well, there what? you go. What? Oh so, wait, is it an immersive sim? Is it literally uh, like call itself? Because it, it, I guess more than the average oh. immersive sim. Oh, I need this. <laughs> My understanding too is like it's like fifteen to twenty hours. So it's not like end of the world long either. I got a couple more on here, and then I'll be done, I promise. I know, this is so long. Uh, <laughs> a game called Mistover came out this year that Rowan Kaiser uh, has really been singing the praises of. My understanding is it's basically Etrian Odyssey meets Darkest Dungeon, which, like, Whoa. appeals to me specifically very, very much so. <laughs> right. Um, I bought that on Switch alongside a bunch of other stuff. Death Stranding, I'm going to play the hell out of that, I'm sure. Another Apple. There's too many. I know. Ah. I got three more. I've I've come this far. I've got three more. I'll just say them. Oh, I didn't mean you have too many. I mean, there's oh. too many. I need to play. I wasn't saying like, oh no, Stephen, you can't talk on this podcast. You're saying too many things. It was more like, fuck it all. I need to play all these games. No, but, and there's too many games. But Danielle, it's fine because both are true. Because <laughs> I have also been going no! on way too long. It's that's just you're me helping me because I need this too. Well, so that's good. Well, then I can tell you about Assemble with Care, which is okay. a very short. Uh, Apple Arcade game that I beat, actually. Uh, do you know... Do, do you guys ever play the Room games? A little. Yes. You, I, I've touched. I've touched them. Merit, do you know what I'm talking about? 
I don't. The Room is like a series of iOS games that are best played on iPad for sure. Um, they've made like five or six of them at this point now, where it's like the first game was like... Oh, you... like Dark Room or whatever? No, no. It's literally The, the Room. Um, oh, okay. And you're in a room um, in, uh, with like a puzzle box on a table. And the whole game is just like using touch controls to poke and prod at this puzzle box and like un it unfolds and like reveals hidden compartments and all kinds of wild weird stuff all over it and like it, they get progressively more supernatural as you play those games too as they start to develop weird like yeah. add way more story to it as well and they kind of ended up getting away from what I actually really liked about the first The Room, which the first The Room is like, here's a puzzle box, and it unfolds in weird non-Euclidean ways that are obviously, like, would never work in real life. But it's one box, and it un you unpack uh, that box, and inside are more boxes, and you do the puzzles on those boxes, and it'll be like, it'll be like um, you have to press this button on the left at the same time that you press another button on the right, and that will reveal like a little lens and then if you position the camera so the lens is looking at another angle of the box you'll see like a secret message revealed through the lens and it's like ah that's the combination lock to this other side of the box and then you flip to the other side of the box later on those games started to get like way more focused on like you're in this weird castle and every room of the castle is its own puzzle and it's just that's not what i liked about it i like the feeling of fiddling with a box assemble with yeah assemble with care is that but like Instead of being, like, weird pseudo-Lovecraftian horror stuff eventually, it's just, like, really, really twee and British. <laughs> uh, you're, like, a, you're like a lady, like, a, a, a handy woman who comes to this town on a vacation, and it's basically like, I'm going to, you know, solve everyone's problems by fixing <laughs> antique photographs, and, oh, this child has a Game Boy, and it's broken, and I, I fix love it. your British accent wow. so much. <laughs> it, it's really bad, because she's, like, the one character in the game that doesn't have a British accent, but I'm trying to, oh, no! I'm trying to get the, the, the tone of the game across, and it's just, like, it's a lot of, it's these kind of, like, two, you're kind of, like, going through these two stories of, like, these two sisters who are at odds with each other, and it's, like, father whose wife died and he's trying to reconnect with his like very young daughter um and the way the story is like kind of doled out to you is you, these people keep coming to you with like broken objects um and you're supposed to fix them uh by just basically fiddling with them you have like a screwdriver and you like you know it, it's like a, oh her game boy is broken and for some reason this handy woman just randomly has a like like a functional a button for a game boy <laughs> laying around like a spare <laughs> that she just had um Good. And so you like, you know, you're dismantling them and then putting the, repairing them and putting them back together again. And it's very short. It's like an hour and a half tops and, and just very like, well, if we can all just talk to each other, we can just all really understand each other. And like, if you just talk mm -hmm. to your sister, everything will be okay. You know, it's, it's that it kind of has a nice look to it. I, I wasn't completely taken with it, but it was, it, it did a little bit to scratch that the room itch for me, uh, which is like. If you ever Google, like, games like The Room or whatever, uh, you'll find plenty of people out there just hoping for more games like that. So anything that you can find is, you know, any port in a storm. Uh, I like that. Finally, I played uh, Grindstone, which everybody who has a phone has been talking about this year, I feel like. And it's cool. That's the new Cappy game. Yeah, yeah. It's um, like a match three. No, I mean, it's it's... It's a, it, it it looks like a match three, but it's actually like um, you're you're playing this uh, you're play, you're like a bar barbarian named George uh, on the screen in a big top, uh, all the it looks like a bejeweled, but instead of matching the colors by moving pieces around, you're instead like drawing a path 
through mat through units that match color they're like mo little monsters instead of gems but you you draw a path through them and you can only go through matching colors so and you're trying to build as big of combos as possible and then like if you get 10 it drops down this like little rainbow quartz crystal and then those can create bridges between colors and so you're trying to do that and co while collecting chests and stuff without getting hit because eventually they'll get angry and start to try to attack you uh, and so if you end a turn next to an angry monster, it will hit you and you'll take damage and you have a health bar. And it's cool. It's a fine little one of those kinds of like puzzle game time wasters or whatever. I don't know that I love the cappy art style. Is that mm. weird? No, it's not weird. Okay. Uh, there's a, they're, go they, they're going for kind of like a weird, I don't know, violent adventure time <laughs> uh, yeah. kind of vibe in this one. Uh, I like uh, I like some of the stuff that they've worked on that they did that OKKO OK game uh, Let's Play Heroes thing and like I like OKKO OK so that was cool but yeah I don't know this one just didn't really speak to me so I probably won't play a ton more of that finally I want to beat Untitled Goose Game sometime this year yes yes so I I'm just shocked it's not on your list Stephen mm. uh, Mario and Sonic at the 2020 Tokyo oh Olympics. right okay hold on. <sighs> Apparently has a great soundtrack. All right. You know, I, I it was on my list, and then I was like, no, it's a casualty. It's There's no fucking way. <laughs> was it genuinely? Were you actually thinking about playing it? Well, it was on my wish list on the Switch. I was like, it looked pretty, and, like, it was, I don't know. These games are apparently often okay. They're, like, pretty good. Right. I've actually heard that, too. I've heard that they're better than you would give them credit for for what they are. I like sports mini games. Sure. Track and field, hell of a game. I don't I think any of us it. are That's actually going to That's really all I had. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I played it at E3, and uh, I killed Amy Rose, so I feel like I'm not <gasps> allowed to play it again. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. I really feel like Knuckles probably has taken some PEDs, okay? Right, yeah. Wow. Uh -huh. I just think he is. You got to get USADA on the line with this guy. Right. Like, he's clearly... He, Hi, his baby. chest has gotten bigger over the last couple of years, much more so than it would have naturally. Like, right. I think he's on the gear. I think Knuckles is on the gear. Again, yeah. both a sports enthusiast and a medical professional. Uh, that sounds like a <laughs> that sounds like real testimony to me. So yeah, right. Yeah, let's uh, let's get Sega on oh the horn God. and figure this out. Sega, what are you doing over uh, there? Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of competitive uh, uh, battles, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I am in a Pokemon battle right now, and oh. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the worst possible scenario in the world, oh, no. um, which is that my opponent has a Pokemon that prevents me from switching, and, but does not have any attacks, and all it's supposed to do is like lower my attack a lot to, like, oh. get me to, to force me out. Uh, but what, so I'm using a move that doubles my attack. Um, that increases my attack by two stages every turn. Right. They're using a move that reduces my attack by two stages no. every turn. Oh and we, ha we both have 32 uses of that move, and we are only no. halfway done. And that is just going to keep happening until one of us blinks, and it sure as fuck isn't going to be me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Merit, that's... We're on turn 26. <laughs> We've no. been doing this for uh, almost 20 turns at this point. Unbelievable. No. Anyway, just an update there. I think Pokemon Showdown is like going to be. It can't be one of my games of the year, but it's going to be like my bonus thing because oh. I've certainly played more of it than so like. For your personal list, you can do whatever the fuck you want. It's it's our. Oh list. no! They just taunted me. Now I can't use stat up moves anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, and I missed with Stone Edge. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I got robbed. 
Oh, Merritt, I'm so. This is yeah. I'm so happy. For Sorry, you. I'm so I happy had uh, a yeah. Life like this. But it's it's hard because there are like three people I know that I can talk to about it. Mm-hmm. Where like I'll have an incredible game of Pokemon, and I'm like, this is incomprehensible. Oh, oh, Merritt. To anyone? Oh, Merritt. Hey, I know exactly. I, like I may not know what's going on in that specific game, but I used to play Dota and Netrunner. I know exactly what you're talking. about. Yeah, no, that that is true. That's I know the fair. exact same energy that you have right now. Wow, wow, I'm just getting robbed by RNG here. Anyway, sorry. No! Sorry, go on. I was done. That was basically, uh, the reason I went through that whole list too is because that was like, that also encapsulates basically everything I played with the exception of I kind of brushed over Remnant from the Ashes, but I haven't put enough time in that to really talk about it anyway. So why don't we move on to the news of the week? News of the week, 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 week. Yeah, I will say also we're uh, we're at an hour and a half. Yeah. um... Hi, baby. And uh, yeah, and yeah, my cat is very hungry. I have like 19 minutes. Okay, well, 19 minutes. we're not a very news-focused show anyway, so we can just burn through some of these t- topics here. Um, BlizzCon happened last week and had exactly everything that was already leaked <laughs> ahead of time and basically nothing else. There was like no, there was no like new news. Diablo 4 got announced, which looks cool. I don't know if you could, you guys watch that at all. I but did not look stuff. at it. It's... I, I'm sorry, I did not either. No, I don't... You, you guys both told me when BlizzCon was happening last week that you were not Blizzard people, so that makes perfect sense. Um, it seems like they are really just kind of making more Diablo with that one. Anyway, it's like they're they're leaning back on the blood and gore stuff. Like, there's a... The, it's got a really cool opening trailer that they showed, like, a cinematic of this, like, lady being formed out of blood that then, like, fuses into skin, and then she creates a, a cape out of, like, veins... And, and skin, they're yeah. they're really leaning on the blood and gore stuff again. I like think. a Hellraiser. It's like a Hellraiser. Like yeah. straight up, like some of the iconography in that trailer is right out of Hellraiser. Like no joke. Uh, Overwatch Two, which is not really a sequel. It's like an expansion. I think I don't really know. It's kind of confusing to me. And also, Blizzard has said that they have no idea when it's coming out. And the 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 talk around it feels so strange to me that it almost feels like they don't know what it is either and they maybe they put out a thing called overwatch 2 because they're like i don't know people aren't super thrilled with the state of overwatch and haven't been for like a year and a half at this point or something like that so i don't know uh but yeah it's gonna have single player components to it is that gonna get any of you two back into overwatch eh. yeah it's kind of how yeah. I played three years ago. That was fun three years ago. And it's it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like the single player stuff is like as bare bones as you could possibly want. It's like it's a Left 4 Dead, but it, it's set in the existing maps, like from competitive yeah. Overwatch. And it's just like, all right, uh, no thanks, pass. honestly. Uh, Hearthstone is going to have an auto chess, but I'm sure that appeals to somebody. And World of Warcraft is going to mega hell. Yeah, I heard about that one. Yep. So, uh, so if for people who don't know, this most recent expansion of uh, World of Warcraft has been incredibly poorly received. People have hated it, um, partially because I think a lot of the Horde players, especially, have like viewed the lore as being very weird because it is very much painted like the, the Horde is like the undisputable bad guys uh, with Sylvanas committing a bunch of war crimes over and over again and their big reveal at blizzcon was that the reason um sylvanas has been murdering millions of people is because in the last uh for the last year of world of warcraft everyone who dies in that world has been going to super hell um (laughs) (laughs) stupid Stupid. but because they're going to super hell they're not going to normal hell so like the person who runs normal hell hasn't been getting power from the souls 
you know. Oh no. So it makes perfect sense. That's why she was actually a good guy for sending everybody to Super Hell so that they can be revived. Because if you go to Super Hell, you can still be brought back to life. I don't know. World of Warcraft is stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. Love yeah. it. Uh, Pokemon got leaked. There's some cool ones in there. I haven't. I've deliberately been avoiding. Radio uh, silence. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't want to see them. Okay. Well, then we can just move right on. Uh, let's... Not till you catch them, right? You have to catch them all. Yeah. You uh, must. Before you see them all, you got to catch them. Right. All. Yeah. That's uh, that's how that works. That's the order of operations. Please excuse my dear aunt Ditto. I don't know. Uh, my dear aunt Squirtle. <laughs> my dear aunt Ditto is the name of this podcast <laughs> yep, today. Yep, you might be right. Good job. <laughs> yeah, Good job. we got you it. Did it. We did it. Did it. Uh, Geo Corsi uh, left Sony. Uh, he's one of uh, about 37 different <laughs> well-known names and faces at Sony who has left that company in the last, like, two years, which is... Something's going on at that company, isn't it? <laughs> like... I feel like you know uh, a lot of their a lot of the people who are kind of like the, the the friendly faces of Sony that you would like maybe look at and say like oh those are the closest thing they have to like a Reggie or an Iwata or whatever have basically like either left completely or been really shuffled to the background. Uh, you, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it's it's odd, right? Like I'm not alone in thinking that. No, it's weird. Uh, Geo Corsi it's was been a lot. Yeah. 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 Geo Corsi was uh, known for kind of being like the kind of the the person behind the building the hashtag building the list which was like a uh hashtag that was like based around trying to get like obscure or or lesser known or just like fan favorite games onto playstation platforms uh i believe yakuza uh got kind of pushed got a much bigger push from sony as a result of the building the list thing um and then that ended up exploding uh octodad dadliest catch uh wind jammers and the banner saga were all part of that as well yeah. She's so just good yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. shit. Good shit that's not necessarily like massive multi-billion dollar bangers. Um and I don't know. It's just that guy is not there anymore and he's not alone. There's a lot of people gone. And this is like a non-story, but uh Dragon Age 4, we're going to hear more about it next month, I think. And that's basically all. <laughs> it's just it's just kind of odd that, you know, it, or it's interesting I guess in the wake of the fact that like all right, this is this is Bioware's last chance, right? Like, if they don't, if this one doesn't blow up, EA is just gonna put a bullet in the back of their heads uh, and put them in the Papa EA pit, right? Oh. It's so sad to think of, but like, yeah, just the way Anthem has been going and and the way Andromeda has been going, like, the, it's a three strikes you're out situation of uh, a three strikes you're out if if like the batter, like if the coach of the team on the batting side was just like beating the uh, batter over the head the entire time. It feels like basically <laughs> the, the t tenor of EA these days. Uh, just like putting studios into horrible positions uh, with unrealistic expectations and then uh, just gutting them. Uh, and Bioware is probably the like most high-profile example of that. Uh, or, or potentially could be the most high-profile example of that in the near future. Who knows? Depending on how yeah. things go with Dragon Age. And that's it. That's all for the news. That's the news. Uh, we don't have uh, really any emails this week, but if you want to send an email to ask us questions or discussions, uh, you can uh, hit us at podcast at fanbyte.com. That is F-A-N-B-Y-T-E for fanbyte. Uh, otherwise, thank you, Danielle, for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you? At Danielle R.I. on Twitter. Fantastic. Merit. 
thank you for joining us this week. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Merritt's new Twitter file. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, Where can people find you? Uh, Yeah, at Merritt K. Fantastic. And you can find me at at Steven Strom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M on Twitter. You can also go to fanbyte.com and read our very good articles, some of which you might have heard about here on this here episode. Uh, You can also go to twitch.tv dot or switch.tv slash fanbyte to watch our stuff. And you can go to iTunes or Spotify to uh, rate and review us. It really, really does help if you want to spread the word about this cool, cool show that we do every week. We will be back next Wednesday for your time, I guess. Now, I was going to say Tuesday, but it probably won't be when you hear us. Uh, presumably with Nikki uh, again. And yeah, in the meantime... Do we want? Oh, so Danielle, have we decided? Are we? Are we gonna? Is everybody gonna have their own thing? Did Did you get to steal your thing from? I can steal my thing. Do you want to steal your thing? It's my phrase. Yeah, so I can bring it wherever I go. Sure. Yeah, use your thing. Use it. Be good. Be good at it. Hell yeah. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> cool. That was great. <laughs>